This is Hypothetical Help with Scott and Terpster, neither of whom are actual therapists or counselors. Any advice given on this show is truly hypothetical. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Hypothetical Help, Episode 3. Three! Yeah. How do we do that? It rhymes with free, because it's the last of the free ones. Well said, sir. From here this on out, you've got to pay good, good audience, uh-huh. but they nearly have. I'm amazed. Yeah. We've got pretty much 200 patrons, mm-hmm. grim patrons, yeah. and we're 50-ish bucks, a uh, bit, bit, 60 bucks away from next week happening. Yeah. So it's make for, it happen, It's guys. for real. I can smell it. It's so close. Uh, so if you guys want episode four to happen next week, in fact, now's your chance. Tell your friends. Uh, grab anybody you can and say, hey, look, here's a reason to support a thing that is rad and that we're going to make if you guys belly up. So uh, very exciting. Go to uh, patreon.com slash hypothetical help. Yeah, I refreshed it. We have 201 patrons at the time of recording. Oh, lovely. Um, And we need $51.07. I tell you what, Scott, I'm going to do it right now and I'm going to donate seven cents (laughs) because I am a giver. Right, and that will help. Actually, I'll do it after yeah. the show because I don't want to compromise the quality no, I understand. of this last free show. Right, and this show brought to you by our friends at TexasBeard.com. Texas Beard Company is amazing, and they have made these first three episodes not only free but possible. Uh, huge thanks to them for their support. Where you can go, uh, TexasBeard.com, and use the code HYPOHELP. It's good for 20% off anything in their store. Exactly. And as 20%. always, free orders over 25 or $25 over Sorry, twenty five dollars free shipping for any anything twenty five bucks or over. There you go. There you uh, go. Bam. Yeah, done. That's how it goes. These guys are amazing. Big well, thanks. Thank you guys. We really appreciate that. Um, you know, it's it's allowed us to do this, uh, which is great. So yeah. thank you very much. And take care of your beard is the main thing. So always look after your beard. Yeah, yours is a very. Um, somebody had pointed out yesterday that you've kind of got a, a beard like Charles Barkley in the in the nineties. Uh, um, how you possibly. feel about that? Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't think I really care, um, but, but, but maybe, um, I, I think it's, uh, I don't know. I, I think I, it was more like, uh, Shaq, wasn't it? Oh, I, was like it Shaq? Shaq oh, you know what? It wasn't, you're right. Sparkly, it, yeah. yeah, it was Shaquille But it was, it was like a, it was a Shaq attack. And I'm, and that, I, 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 I obviously, that's what I look at for. Yeah. I said, I said, give me, give me the Shaq. <laughs> And uh, at first they gave me a rickety old shed. Mm-hmm. And I went back and I said, no, O'Neal. Yeah. And they were like, ah, Shaquille. And yeah. then you know, it went from there. He actually just has the goatee. Yeah. Uh, mine joins up to the sides. That's right. It's a subtle difference. You have a beautiful it's sort subtle. of con- uh, con- continuity to your beard that uh, is hard to match. It's, yeah, exactly. It's, it's one of those things that, um, yeah, it's just it's weird that we spent time talking about. Yeah. But the fact that it I was think that <laughs> if I were to care about it a bit more, maybe... <laughs> Maybe we could have uh, we could have made a whole show out of it. Yeah. Well, you can care for it with uh, help from <laughs> texasbeard.com. Texas there you <laughs> go. Uh, we answer your questions on the show, usually ranging from serious ones to goofy ones and everything in between. We have no qualifications, so we answer it. Really, it's the most honest answer you're ever going to get because we don't have any biases. We don't you know, have anything. I don't, even, I don't know you. I don't like you. No. But I want to help you. Yeah. Okay. We do genuinely want to help you if we can. Bamo. Yeah. Uh, we'll start with this call about whether someone should move. Hey, Scott and Turfster. Um, my wife and I, we have two very young children, and recently we have started thinking that the area of the country that we live in might not be the best place to raise our kids. 
we live in a major metro area here in Florida. It's got high crime, poor schools, and it's highly overpopulated. Um, my wife and I, we've always loved the western side of the country, and recently we visited Boise, Idaho, and we both fell in love with the area. Seems to have everything we're looking for, great schools, weather, and outdoor lifestyle. So my question is, do we give up everything we have here? We have the support of all of our friends, all of our family. We both have jobs. Mine, personally, I'm halfway to a full pension at my job. Do we give all that up and move to Boise, Idaho, where we know nobody and have no jobs as of yet, um, for a place that we think is going to be a better childhood, a better place for our kids to grow up, and also a better life for us? Thanks, guys. The answer is yes, in my no. opinion. Yes. <laughs> Do no, do it. Don't do it. Yes. Wait. That's the. It's a tough one, isn't it? It is because I mean, like they. He says it in terms of like we don't have jobs yet, right? And that's the biggie. Like you can't just up and be like, hey guys, let's go be homeless over there. Mm-hmm. You know that's that's not gonna work. No. But I, I like the idea of finding a utopia uh, where you know you just go somewhere and you're just like, holy crap. This place is so much better than where we live. Mm-hmm. We should live here. That's that's beautiful. Yeah. Genetically as well, it's great. It's diverse. Sure. You're diversifying the gene pool. You've come from somewhere over there. You're now going to here. And all of a sudden, new genes yeah, yeah, in the yeah. area. Yeah, genetic, about genetic um, not mutations, genetic diversity mm. uh, in, your, in your whole life experience. Here's the thing. If you're going to move across the country to a new place and your motivations are as pure as they sound, which is, you know, we really want to get out of this high crime area. Like what advantage is it to have a job that you're trapped into? uh, And even if you've got family around, which is an important thing, you know, I don't, I don't want to diminish that, but what value is any of that? If you're miserable where you are, like if you're not happy there, I mean, and how long can your family stay together? Right. If you're like unhappy, Mm -hmm. the whole point, like if, if the only thing keeping you happy is your family, then, then brilliant. But don't make that the only thing for, you know, where you can make a change. Right. So I think, you know, high crime, bad schools. Yeah. Don't raise kids there if you can. If you if you can if you can manage not to raise your family there, mm-hmm. you know, you owe it to them. You owe it to them to give them the best start you can. Yeah. Uh, and I think that that alone is reason to do it. But equally, because they are you're responsible for them. You have to do it sensibly. Yeah. You have to get your your shit together. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Scott. You're gonna have to beat that. No, no, no. Keep it. I'm I like it. About this. I like it. I like passionate. it. Passionate. Yeah. Um. And uh, you need to you need to make sure you got your your, your job lined up. Yeah. Your pension, at least over here, is transferable. Mm. You might not be able to like pay into the same pot, but you can still draw on half a pension. Mm-hmm. No, that's true. I, I think know, I think you've got in America, options you have here like four hundred one k's or something like that. Yeah, we there's I different. Don't, I don't understand what yeah. that means. Yeah, Scott. there's different stuff. Four hundred and one thousand um, something. Yeah. I don't know what it means. Four hundred one thousand ways to die probably is what that equates to. Look, I've had a, I've had die. a four hundred one k before, and it turned out to kind of be garbage because it uh, kind of got wiped out during the housing crash because a lot of my quote unquote four hundred one k was invested in stocks that got got binged pretty hard during that uh. mess. Uh, so sometimes that stuff isn't good anyway. But the more important thing is, you know, what makes you happy? Where makes you happy? And if you found yourselves to be very happy, and by the way, Boise, Idaho, is as podunky as it may sound coming out of the mouth of somebody, it is a wonderful city, a really cool town. And he's right about sort of the area. It's very, very nice. Um, there are northern neighbors from where I live, and I've spent a bunch of time in Boise, and it's a great town. 
Um, and the more people who think it's podunk, the better, because that means you'll have more of it to yourself. Out. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's fun. It's really and also, fantastic. I, I've heard of it from man versus food. Yeah. So I know there's some great eateries there. You can gorge yourself at. Oh yeah. So that's, that's always a winner. So kids, I, I think schools. with this though, it is about being sensible. Mm-hmm. So first things first, you know, you've already been there. You think the schools are good. You think the area is good. That's great. You know where to look for a house but you need to get the jobs. Like, I don't know. The problem is I want to help him more, yeah. but I don't know what his profession is. I yeah. don't know, you know, how transferable it is. Um, in terms of like friends and family, we live in a global world. <laughs> Never before has the world been so worldy. Um, and you can hop on the interwebs. You can even now do this on your phone and Skype someone. And that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, you can travel across the world in a plane in a matter of hours. Yeah. I just think it's one of those things that, you know, friends and family, you know, it is tough to leave them and especially people you see every day. Yeah. But at the same time, you got to you got to balance those scales. Imagine today, imagine that it was, I don't know, let's say it's 1785 and there's a guy named Mark Turpin and a guy named Scott Johnson. 1785, yeah. Scott. Yeah. They want me dead. <laughs> there's only been like 7 years since the uh since the independence. Yeah. I'm I'm as English and British as they come. Yeah, we still got the st- the stink of Revolutionary exactly. War. Exactly. Exactly. We're, we're our dogs are cuddling up in your old red coats that they found lying oh, in the battlefield. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it's and been- no longer <laughs> do I ring a bell right before climax and say the, the British are coming because <laughs> it honestly it it alienates a, a lady. Yeah. Um. So you know I've had to I've had to tone my whole lifestyle down. Right. All because of that. But if that was the time we lived in. The idea of you being, you and I being able to connect in any way would be probably not only improbable but almost impossible because it would. Dearest be- friend Scott, I write you today, wondering <laughs> who the hell are you? For I have never met you. For right. I am in England, yes, and you are in the colonies. Yeah, and this and this letter <laughs> yeah. will take ninety days by boat, assuming the boat doesn't capsize Maybe or it gets get, there. Yeah. Exactly, it's crazy. Yeah. And even then, how do you? I never knew how these worked. How did letters work back then? Yeah, do well, I write Scott in in Boise, Idaho? Yeah, and they go there and say, "Is there a Scott at Boise?" And everyone's like, "I don't know." I don't know uh, how maybe. they handled like post and mail and things back then. That's a really good question. I don't even know how they handle it now, Scott. But yeah. I assume there's a computer somewhere. But for for back then, like, who knows? All right. For all of today's modern conveniences, this is a good side question I want to ask you. Is there anything Mm -hmm. that still baffles you, even as soaked in technology as we are as as modern day, you know, men about the Internet? Is there anything Mm -hmm. that you look at and still go, man, I don't know how the hell that works. And it blows your mind still. I have one, but I'll let you go first oh well you go first because i'm trying to think to me it's there's a number of things i could say microwaves i could say a lot of things but the one thing that really blows my mind is and i and i know on paper how they work like you can i could describe how it works but the fact that we figured it out and make it work blows my mind and that's just television like tvs forming these images broadcast from a myriad of ways of getting there and then coming out in the right colors and the right thing to create realistic reproductions of actual people doing things i mean if you really think about what it's doing it's pretty it's pretty amazing see i think that's amazing but what blows my mind is when you take that sort of thing and then make it completely mobile mm. so like when i'm on a train using the internet yeah. or am i on a phone call how does how does i'm traveling like 125 miles per hour and yet my phone can keep up with it like my conversation 
and it is talking to me. It's beaming stuff from my phone to my phone. I'm talking, I'm hearing, I'm moving. Like for me, that's just like witchcraft. I don't know how how that works. Equally, like so like when someone dials my phone, does everywhere in the world does it send out a message saying, Hey, is is your phone there? Mm-hmm. Is your phone here? Mm-hmm. Or like, you know, like how does it all work? Mm-hmm. It's it's crazy. It's, I don't know, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, but I in seventeen eighty five, obviously, if you <laughs> if you asked me that question, right. I would have suggested that we burnt you at the stake <laughs> for your heretic witchcraft speech of course you would have and that's the best part about time as it passes we have these incremental increases in technology we finally get to a place where uh you know even electricities or light bulb filaments these things all still sort of are amazing in their own ways Mm. and rights and that i can like in this room right now i've got two lights on that are maintaining light in here and and they'll last these are like energy efficient bulbs these will last forever i don't know i don't know how they're working i have an led bulb that I can make be any color in the world uh, from anywhere in the world because it's Wi-Fi enabled. It's like, you know, my bulb is more technologically advanced than the whole of the Eastern Seaboard in 1785. Oh, yeah. No, I would say the entire... Okay, I'll go as far as to say this. Your light bulb is more advanced, technologically speaking, than the entire Mm. world in 1875. I would say 1975. (laughs) Game, set, match. I won. Yeah, you win. So to answer your question, yes, you definitely should move. Your motivations are completely on track there. You know, you've got to do it for the kids and for your marriage and your your family. That is what matters most is your core unit. The rest of your family, just as if any of your, like, siblings or uncles or aunts or anyone who's close to you, if they moved away... You'd be like bummed potentially if you were close, but at the same time you'd be happy because they'd be happy if yeah. they were making a good decision. Right. So you know, I think you know, fam- family and friends should understand. Yeah. And then you know, the onus is on you if you want to maintain those relationships to maintain them. There's also you're the one you know, buggering off somewhere. There's also a nice advantage sometimes of escaping your in-laws, like getting away sometimes for a while. Sometimes that can be very nice. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying for my, anything for about my, mine. For know. my in-laws, they're an hour and a half drive away, yeah. which in American times is like, what, they're your neighbor? Um, <laughs> but that's that's really nice because that allows a nice amount of separation there. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents, who I obviously think are vastly more bearable, um, are kind of 45 minutes away. They're like half as far away, yeah. um, which means that, you know, you could pop over there if you wanted to. Yeah. But ultimately... It's it's a lot easier just to have a phone call mm-hmm. or maybe a few texts every now and then. Sure, you know, yeah, makes that's it how easy. you keep up. I like maintaining that. the relationship. I like that a lot. And when grandkids come along, they're both in a, a distance oh, they love that's it. not too crazy, right? They could totally no, exactly. Yeah, they they there. make the journey. Then yeah. you haven't got to do anything. Yeah, it's you great. just wait for them to come to you. And exactly, and you they come in, and you're like, oh, I'm so tired. Take it. There you go. I'm gonna go to bed. <laughs> Take you know, it. It's 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 just beautiful. It's such a romantic. <laughs> I shouldn't say when the grandkids thing. come. You've got one there, so they've got yeah, a grandchild. Sure. Uh, well, fantastic. I hope this helps. Uh, we, and I think you should move and I'm, and, and I hear in his voice an optimism that strikes me as this should be the right thing for them. They're, they don't sound like willy nilly ding dongs who are just going to make a dumb decision. I feel like they're, they're going to be fine. So no, I base that on nothing more than just weird intuition. I have no magical powers or predictive qualities. I like I like that. <laughs> On hypothetical help, I think we should be able to say, and I'm I'll let you to answer, I'll let you know how this story ended. Yeah. Just <laughs> listener at home, they lived happily ever after. 
thanks to this advice. Perfect. <laughs> it's just like, oh, thank you. Yeah. That's so good. <laughs> Nostra hypothalamus. All right. Here's uh, our next call. This one's about uh, writing things. So here you go. Hey, Scott and Terpster. Um, I've gotten into writing lately and I'm trying to write some English dialogue and I'm worried that it is, it's, um, becoming an, uh, an offensive stereotype. I was wondering if I could just run a few lines by you and maybe <laughs> critique them. All right. Now just be, just bear with us. He's, I'm he's already, doing this. it's yeah. like, it's like when anyone says like, I'm not a racist, but it's like, <laughs> for me, the next thing you say is going to be racist. Right. Like, yeah, I, but I, I am, I'm excited okay. to hear what this is. This could be good. All right, here we go. Uh, the first, the main character, he's proposing a road trip. Uh, Pop into the lorry, and quick as you like, we'll be on holiday. That's the first line. All right. Um, <laughs> second line, secondary character, he needs to stop and use the washroom. Can we stop for petrol? I fear he me sword me pants. Uh, would he say pants there or knickers? Uh, third line, main character again. Okay, there's one more here. Hang on, here we go. Uh, he's wondering if they have any popsicles at the gas station. I quite fancy your nice lolly. Okay, okay. So <laughs> I'm offended. I mean, some of it was good. Some of it was Scottish yeah. in terms of accent. Okay, but I think to be honest with you, that was just pretty much every road trip I've ever had. Mm. So I think they nailed it there. Yeah. Um, Yours is like, an, your life is like an Ardman animation, it sounds like. Uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly mm. that. Oh, buy it, Gromit. <laughs> we forgot the crackers. <laughs> yeah, and, and so we just, you know, go and get some crackers. Yeah. It's, I, um, I'm offended by it because I I, I feel like it is... Um, okay, let's let's assume for a minute he's actually trying to write a character. I don't think he is. Mm -hmm. I think he did this all, all out of jest. Right. But let's say he was. Yeah. It seems to me that just a little cursory study of of international vernacular would tell you that everything he did there was just about the most northern stereotype England country thing ever. And that no one well, actually no, talks like that. Well, no, to me it sounded like, like Dick Van Dyke from Mary Poppins. Yeah. The problem is the way, you know, it was like, boy, heck, Mary Poppins. You know, we're going to go blue chim chim and eat chim choo. And it's just, it's, it's obviously, you know, we don't talk like that, nope. but I, you know, I'm not one to, to, to throw any stones. Mm. You know, you know how I feel about, you know, the, the Brooklyn New Yorkers out there. Yeah. Hey, I'm walking here. <laughs> you know, hey, Bozo, what you doing? I'm walking here. See, that's just like as... everyone's just, just saying, hey, just to let you know, I am going to be taking up this portion of the road yeah. and or pavement yeah. so i sidewalk yeah and that's my avenue just so people are aware please be aware of where i'm going because i don't wish to collide with you uh obviously that would that would scupper us um both from having a really jolly good time mm. so that's obviously really succinctly said by the new yorkian of just hey buddy i'm walking here <laughs> and i think you know i think that's great <laughs> i think I think that, you know, to see language, you know, just used and evolve yeah. and how different regions treat it in different ways. Because um, if you were like on the West Coast, yeah. I'm saying it'd be like, hey, asshole, I'm walking here. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're a little bit. You know, little they're very bit similar, though, is now that I hear it. It's very similar. Well, again, that might be my delivery. Mm. But, you know, yeah. that's the way I see it. Is I see like in on on. East Coast, you'd get a, a, hey, buddy, but they're not your buddy, but you're just saying, hey, buddy, 
Whereas I think when you go more West Coast, uh-huh. you get hey, asshole. You get a little bit more honesty. Um, I see. So you've been to the that's states. That's my observation. Sure, sure, sure. You've been to the states enough to know some of those. You know some of some of those things. The problem with this is, and the problem with anybody trying to mimic the voice, the voice or the 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 speaking patterns of other places, is oftentimes they don't have any direct experience with it, and therefore they completely flub it up. And I've seen this in books. I see it in TV. I see it in movies. You see it in all sorts of, you know, popular culture. Uh, good examples of it exist. You know, every time Tom Hardy dons a new voice, I'm impressed because he kind of nails whatever it is he's doing. Uh, there are others who do quite well. I have noticed this. Maybe you can so, speak to this. I've noticed like sorry, the British Tom guys. Hardy. Yeah, Tom Hardy. What? As in Bane? Like, yeah, as in Bane. Like Bane's... Well, <laughs> I see, I'm one of the few, maybe, I'm maybe one of the few people that really like the Bane the Bane voice but for me for yeah. me it was just so hard to understand yeah is it just i kind of felt like i had to put subtitles on exactly. which i don't think as you know yeah, that's right oh i'm a member it's just like what well, yeah. yeah i got no idea yeah that's totally true um here's the thing about him though in all other ways i don't know if you've seen peaky blinders it's a little uh import from your country no, uh, I, I don't. I haven't seen. No, it's fantastic. Oh man, really, really good show. It's on Netflix uh, here in the states and was originally some BBC thing, but it's uh, it's really good and it uh, deals with sort of the turn of the century, uh, early 1900s sort of gangster mobster uh, stuff. Uh, specifically, these gangs that used to run uh, run things. Oh, it's in, same Birmingham, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's right. Do they, they talk with a brummy accent. Very, very much so. A lot of Irish as well. Oh, There's amazing. just a lot of stuff going okay. on. Very violent, blah, blah, blah. It's very good. And he plays, Tom Hardy in season two plays this uh, kind of leader of the Jewish mob, uh, plays a character called Solomons, and he is transformative in that role. Like, he is crazy good in everything he's in, but I've always noticed this. Whatever it calls for, he'll bring the voice, the accent, the change in accent, whatever. He can do American. He can do... Uh, well, he is he's British. He's a really but, good actor. Yeah, he's very good. It's, it's, you know, but what is it about? That, my it. point is not even just about him. What is it about British actors doing this better than we do it? We don't go very well the other directions. Well, it's, no, it's because we're 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 subject to so many more dialects and voices in such a s- smaller, more condensed area than you are. Yeah. So you know, you you know, I always say the old adam of you know, in America, a hundred years is a long time. And in England, a hundred miles is a long way. Yeah. And it's that's basically the the situation is we've got so much history and so much uh, we've got so many cultures and different towns and villages and cities all close to one another, but all very defined in the way that they speak. And you get these different dialects, uh, you know, show up. And it's like the the Liverpoolian accent. They had a huge influx. Of Irish immigration, and so the the Liverpool, hey, right, how you doing, mate? Uh-huh. Um, gets has some of the Irish inflections that you see, and so already we we can kind of shift around a bit. But even then, I look at you. You look at a lot of the great actors out there, and you'll find like like Christian Bell. He does a fantastic uh, American accent. He's English. Um, you, you you know we've got some some great people. I mean, you go through the whole of um, the Dark Knight, really. Gary Oldman, he does amazing voices and stuff like that. Very English. Very. In fact, Gary Oldman said in an interview 
that he actually lost his voice mm. in terms of his own accent. He didn't know what it was and had to have voice coaching to kind of refine it mm. because he'd done so many different things yeah. uh, that he just didn't know what he sounded like anymore. Mm. But ultimately, all of them obviously pale in comparison to within the Dark Knight, Morgan Freeman, oh, yeah. who yeah. proved that you don't need to have the ability to do any voice, just one voice, really, really well. Um, and um, that just makes that just makes the whole the whole shebang. Yeah. Michael Caine, yeah, he he's great. He had a size of a tangerine. Yeah, I love it. I love it. But ultimately, I, I honestly think to the caller, touche, sir. You nailed us. You got us. That is. On the on the on the nail there, it's absolutely beautiful. Yeah, nailed That's it. What we sound like, nailed it. Nice job. Uh, we're we're both impressed. Now I'm going to do something a little different this week. I've got an email that I want to read that calls Terpster out a little bit, and uh, comes from well, Andy. Well, uh, calls me out. It's a strong word, mm, Scott. But no, a little bit, maybe not so much. But his name is Andy Side uh, Stickleback of Azun. Uh, I guess he says this. Is that a server? Probably is. Yeah, it is. is it? Uh, I used to play on a Zoom, Oh, okay. Actually. Yeah, and I yeah. forget the names. Anyway, he says this. Hi, Scott and Terpster. Loving the show. It even inspired me to sponsor you on Patreon. Well, thank you so much. Thank you very, thank very, you very much. Thank you very much, good yeah. sir. Where did he do that? Uh, Perchance over at patreon.com slash hypohelp? I think that's it. Yeah, oh. hypohelp slash well, hypohelp. Yeah, that's some it. other listeners right now listening to this mm-hmm. donate the remaining 50 bucks. Yeah. Because otherwise, it's the last one. It's been great, but let's keep doing it. Imagine 50 of you. I know there's more listeners than we have as patrons. That, that I know because oh, wow, I see yeah. the numbers. We're creaming it yeah. as far as the numbers go. So uh, 50 more people, a buck each. I mean, come on. Piece of cake. Just or 100 of you, 50 cents. Yeah, that's fine Or too. 50 cents, give us 100 bucks. Ah, be, wait. <laughs> He's got enough. Oh, Curtis. He's got loads of money. <laughs> well, here's what Andy says. He says, loving the show. He says, very quick question. I have an acquaintance who is, uh, for the sake of this email, I shall refer to as T. He seems to think that 20% of 20 million is 5 million. He should A, point out to T that it is, of course, uh, 4 million, or B, use this to my advantage to make some money out of T and how, and if so, how, he says. As well, a, so, I yeah. mean, in that, I think, was I saying that in terms of people giving us money? Because I may have inflated it somewhat uh, for us to get more money. I don't think it was us. Uh, I, now, now I don't remember the context that you were. I talking can't about. remember. It was two weeks ago. How are we meant to remember? <laughs> this is this is ridiculous. But I would say, I would say a point out to T that it's of course four million dollars. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I was, you know, it's I I I'm in charge of a lot of percentages. And in this case, I got I got one of the percentages wrong. And mm-hmm. to that percent, I say, I'm very sorry. Yeah. To the other 99%, mm-hmm. I say, don't worry. I've got this covered. Mm-hmm. And to that final 7%, yeah. we're good. Yeah. it's All three of those sound like reasonable responses to his question. He also says this. As a side note on Terpster's explanation about gin and tonic, uh, he is quite correct that gin was added to the tonic to help the taste. But part of the reason that colonists were drinking tonic water was that it contained quinine, quinlin, quinine, quinine. Quinine. Okay, sure. Quinine. Which quinine. Hel- I think quinine. it's quinine, which helps prevent bites from mosquitoes and therefore reduces the risk of catching malaria. Just thought, or just sharing the knowledge. Anyway, keep up the good work as your shows help brighten my otherwise dreary commute in the UK and tell Terpster that if he's ever near Oxford, I'll happily buy him a drink. Andy. Oh, thank you very much, Andy. I uh, I look forward to bumming a pint off of you. Sounds fine sometime. to me. So this um, idea, the the tonic water and the and, and why? See, they, I yeah. see. I think this sounds like someone's mum walked into them drinking a 
a, a shed load mm. of gin and tonic back in the colonial days. Uh-huh. And they were like, why are you drinking so much? I think you've got a problem. No, no, it's, it helps with the mosquitoes. All the, all the bloody mozzies. They bloody don't bite me, do they? Uh-huh. <laughs> don't bite me because I've been drinking the quinine. It's another Come accent on. we haven't heard before. Like that. Yeah. And exactly. So, wow. so I think, um, I think, yes, maybe. Mm. Uh, but at the same time, I think, again, if you're drinking sensibly and responsibly yeah. and having a good time, sure. I don't care why you're drinking it. And the mosquitoes don't either. We just know it's all good. What is the grossest thing you ever drank? It doesn't have to be alcohol. Just something that you Ooh. were just drinking. You went, man, that'll never happen again. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I was blindfolded. Yeah. It wasn't a sex thing, Scott. Before you go there. Oh, I've already gone there. I'm, I'm already there. Okay. So, so Right. Yeah. And it was with some friends. And I didn't know this, but basically they were doing a taste test on me to see if I could tell the difference between 1% milk and full fat milk. Okay. And so you think like, yeah, I can do that. Mm-hmm. I can do that. I'd be easy. Sure. Okay. They, um, Wait, you have 4%? I said 1%. I oh, gave that oh, as, as, as an American thing. Oh. We have semi-skimmed, skimmed, and full fat. Okay. Um, skim is basically so anyway. a joke. It's water with a little tint of blue in it, basically. Yeah, it's lovely. Oh, so that's what I have. Awful. Um, and uh, anyway, I was then, I then proceeded to, to nearly vomit because their joke was they gave me orange juice instead. So when you're blindfolded and you're told this is going to be milk and you have a sip of it and it, it definitely isn't milk, you know, yeah. and you're kind of thinking like this milk is off. Yeah. Um, it was, it was nasty beyond belief. And again, I don't know if having told you this, you can truly experience it, but if anyone out there has an acquaintance and you want to challenge them to between the difference between, you know, different types of milk and then give them orange juice while they're blindfolded, See if they have the same reaction as me, because wow. it was pretty nasty. Wow! So this and one, wasn't even nasty. But this is nasty. that's an insane story because what you're really talking about because orange juice on its own is no problem if you're being told you're having orange no, juice. No, exactly, exactly. There's no problem at all. I love it. But your brain, it's almost like VR helmet. It's like it tells yeah. you something that isn't there, and you're like, "Whoa, no! I'm experiencing the wrong thing," and kind of short circuits a little bit. Mm. That's intense. I, it reminds me of a time where I was told. I was drinking milk. Same similar deal. I don't remember what it was. We were young, but we had, I don't know, I was, head, I was blindfolded or something. And I was told I was drinking I milk. Remember. And I and had it was, milk. It was guess the banana. And I, <laughs> I wasn't allowed to bite the banana. I remember that. But I was blindfolded. It was my old uncle. I forget his name now. Uncle. I think he got chased out of town for something. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, anyway. Anyway, uh, strangest banana I ever ate. Uh, but no, I, I remember being told I was drinking milk and I did and it tasted like milk. No problem. It took the head uh, blindfolds off or whatever it was. Maybe it was just my hands. And I looked down and the glass was full of green tinted milk. It was just food coloring. But my brain just like went, does not compute. Like it just could not make sense of the, the fact that I drank what looked like green goo and oh. what I tasted was standard milk. So it's kind of more of an after effect, after the fact problem after I saw it. Um, it's got to be a similar thing though, where we have a certain expectation and then that expectation is sort of dashed against the rocks. That's, that's very interesting. I'm feeling very scientific about it right now, what you've done. Uh, so there you go. There's, there's Terpster's story. Uh, try that. We should have some people try that and tell us how it goes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Let us know. Ideally, if you can do it in audio form so we can all enjoy it, uh, that'd be great. Now, if you're wondering how you can be a part of the show and have your questions answered, 
and or uh, approached with some clarity, then you can call us 801-471-0462. Leave us a message. We'll do that. Or you can email us. Just call, uh, send these for now to scott at frogpants.com if you have an email question and or an attached MP3 or whatever. We'll look at those as well. Working Whack on hypothetical in. help in the subject line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That will help a lot. Um, I'm helping. I'm helping. Huge thanks again to Texas Beard Company for sponsoring today's program. Don't forget, they have beard care products like none other, and it's totally worth going to check out. Use HypoHelp at checkout for 20% off. Always a good deal at Texas Beard Company. And huge thanks for them making these first three free episodes possible. And again, Terpster, they've got a week to figure this 50 bucks out. I'm, uh, I'm confident. I think, you know, again, I'm, a, I'm amazed already that 200 people have dug deep and they have an average of like two dollars fifty almost as a as a as a pledge, yep. which is just phenomenal. And it, we are like honestly really grateful for that. Um, equally, if you aren't able to support us financially, as I said before, it would be great if you could leave us a, re- a review on iTunes um, or anything like that. Anything that helps kind of get the word out more, all helps support this and help this keep going for as long as we can. Yeah. Uh, we love it. It was gone for too long, and we don't want that to happen again. Yeah. Um, and we really, really, really appreciate all the support you guys have been giving. So Absolutely. thank you very much. Yeah, the word of mouth, even all that stuff. It's just really, really good stuff, and we really appreciate it. Uh, don't forget we're on Twitter, at the underscore T, or at the underscore T. I did say that, yep. didn't I, twice? You said it right. It yeah, good. I did. At Scott Johnson. And uh, if you have questions for us, you can always send us uh, correspondence via that method as well think that's going to do it for us i think that's great i can't wait so maybe scott this is the last one it could be this um, could be it so you know it's been great thank you very much <laughs> i really enjoyed it with you um equally we're obviously doing nerdtacular that i know is happening yeah that's happening. Uh, so we're gonna have actual hypothetical help mm-hmm. on stage there this all um, this so i'll those, promise you yeah. this is a thing that people will get for free and in the feed, when that happens, we'll record. It's going to be me, you, and an actual therapist, my sister, Wendy, all on a big panel Wendy on board. talking yeah. about self-help and stuff and having a really fun time with it. And we will put that audio from the resulting live thing up on the feed for free regardless. So if you, if, if this is the only three we ever do and that's the fourth one, great. We promise that. If Scott, we, if they, I've been wondering this yeah. throughout the whole process. So obviously we, we set our goals of $500 per episode. Yeah. If we were at four hundred and ninety nine dollars, can we do one, or does it say you don't get paid? I'd say, hmm. I don't know how Patreon Patreon works. I think it has to crest it in order to bill it. Oh, really? There you go. And we have to deliver the episode, or it won't either. So that's the other thing you guys should be happy about. This doesn't. You don't get any episodes that you you don't pay for anything you don't get. So if there's an episode missed, Terpsters in the hospital, I'm on Mars, or whatever. And it d- doesn't happen. There's no billing for that episode, so that's an important thing to note. Uh, Sorry, and you're saying if there's no product, I don't pay for yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. It's weird, like, right? It's yeah, it's it's revolutionary. Yeah, it's, it's uh... weird. Unlike a subscription <laughs> system, like if you're subscribed to Netflix and you decide not to watch a single movie that month, well, then you still gave them your money. But if you watch 400 movies, you still gave them your money. Like it's it's kind of we're the, sort of the opposite of that. We are only going. You're only going to pay for episodes you receive. Uh, so I'll find out about that limit, but. Um, Hopefully we're doing this next week and thereafter. Fingers crossed. Yeah. So please help us out. We'd appreciate it. Patreon.com slash hypo help and hypotheticalhelp.com has all the links and all the stuff and everything you need to know, including phone number, email, and more. That's going to do it for us, for me, and for Terpster. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.
show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. It was then was I that? looked at Andy Dufresne, <laughs> and he said that he listened to podcasts on frogpants.com. <laughs>